AgriTalk is brought to you by Full Scale from Helena. Grow Strong returns this season with breakthrough foliar nutrition from Full Scale at Reproduction. And by Propane. Propane is the energy for everyone, especially farmers. Environmentally friendly propane can fuel most anything on the farm. See how at propane.com. Soybean oil led the bean market to the downside and lower bean prices ruined a demand-driven rally in corn and wheat futures. Beef trade has been active this week, but live cattle trade was very quiet and lean hog trade was even less eventful. Live from the tipping point to Turkey Day via Farm Journal broadcast, this is AgriTalk. This afternoon, we'll chat with Jim McCormick from agmarket.net. And directly following the news, Todd Bubba Horowitz from BubbaTrading.com. Ah, handsome newsman, Davis Michelson. Now, here's the host of AgriTalk, Chip Flory. All right, Davis. Here we are. Mm-hmm. Ready for it to happen. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I'm queuing up the silence of the yams. <laughs> okay. Very good. Very well, good. Well, I mean, you got to go, go all or stuffing on Thanksgiving. Am I right? You are absolutely right. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> Welcome to AgriTalk. I'm Chip. You know what? We're actually mm-hmm. going to get it started. My wife and I are actually going to get it started this afternoon. Got to make the drive down to see her folks and uh-huh. spend the evening with them. Um, and uh, she made a quick call and said, hey, do we need to bring something for supper? What should we do? And Uh-oh. and, and the, the mother-in-law says, oh, no, no, we're having shrimp. And chowder for what? supper. What? Yeah, for supper tonight. Wow, that's a nice little setup for tomorrow, isn't well, it? I wonder how that will go with cranberries. You gonna <laughs> like a little cranberry shrimp sauce? Now, maybe. Now hold on, I think we've got something here. Let's not back away from that idea anytime no, until we no. try it. Yeah, let's give it a shot. <laughs> well, I'll expect a full report when we oh, get to. Oh, you know it. Uh, when's the next it. time we have to be at work? Now after this, is it like? Not, yeah. not clear till Monday, right? Monday, Monday. Yeah, there is, wow. there is grain trade and livestock trade okay. on Friday, but it's an okay. abbreviated session, and yeah. uh, you know, this is this is one of those times. Well, not one of the times. The only time, the only time of the year that uh, uh, we're not going to have a live one for you on a day with trade on Friday. Mm-hmm. Uh, we will have some coverage from the National Association Farm Broadcasting Convention that I was at last week, had several good conversations, and we're going to bring well, you some of those conversations over the next couple of days. So, And that's uh, the thing, because that, that Friday after Thanksgiving has been known to be, in years past, a historically extremely low-volume day. Right. Like, uh, you really right. can't take anything from it moving forward. It doesn't really tell us anything. And the conversations you had uh, that we're going to share are just fantastic. So I, I yeah. think it's a win-win. You bet. You bet. You know, the low volume is is absolutely true, uh, but it does leave the market vulnerable to some big moves. So pay attention to it, yeah. uh, especially with the bean market down 20 plus cents going into it. There could any kind of a change in the weather forecast for central Brazil and, and that 20 cents could come roaring right back. So we'll mm-hmm. talk about that with Jim McCormick coming up here in just a moment. Good deal. All right. Let's get to the news. Chip USDA this morning announced the sale of 110,000 metric tons of U.S. soft red winter wheat to China for delivery in the current marketing year. That's the third sale to China, suggesting wheat prices have been low enough for a long enough period of time to rebuild some demand. 
December SRW futures opened slightly higher in near session lows, then spiked resistance before setting back to close just under the opening range. Man. The inability to maintain upside momentum into the end of the session suggests the contract will test contract lows in the near term. December HRW wheat features a penny and a quarter lower, 614 and one half. December SRW wheat up three quarters of one cent to 555 and three quarters. December spring wheat closed at 710 and three quarters. That's down six and three quarter cents, Chip. Wheat market was feeling good around mid morning mm -hmm. and uh, boy, that upside momentum just drained away. Uh, both the open and the close very close to the bottom, uh, to the, to the low of the day. Uh, but the close below the opening range, it snuck in there. So it, it did, it drained out all the momentum. Well, December corn futures also posted a low range open, rallied on demand news and then fell back to close below the opening yeah. range to erase the early upside price momentum. USDA announced the sale of 128,000 metric tons of U.S. corn for delivery to unknown destinations in the current marketing year. Traders will continue to monitor the weather in central Brazil. It's thought hot and dry conditions could reduce safrina corn plantings. Ethanol production in the weekend of November 17 averaged 1.023 million barrels per day. That's down 24,000 from the previous week. Ethanol stocks added 698,000 barrels during the week. December corn futures one and one quarter cent lower, four sixty-eight and three quarters. March corn down a penny and a quarter to four eighty-seven and three quarters. Ah, May corn futures closed at four ninety-nine, down a penny on the day, buddy. Yeah, absolutely. And the way that the market did trade to the upside early, this penny and a quarter lower close feels a lot worse than what it than what it is. Soybean meal and oil futures have been swapping leadership in the soy complex, and bean oil futures today led the complex lower. Conditions in Brazil's northern production areas remain hot and dry, but there is the potential for some relief over the next 10 days. AgroConsult this morning estimated combined soybean production in Brazil, Argentina, Paraguay, Bolivia, and Uruguay this year will reach 228.6 million metric tons, and that's up from last year's 193.7. January beans opened near session highs today and closed near session lows. January beans 20 and three quarter cents lower, 13.56 and one half. March beans down 18 and three quarter cents, 1374 and a quarter. May beans closed at 1387 and a quarter, down 17 and a half, Chip. Yeah, a lot of that increase in that combined crop, uh, Brazil, Argentina, Paraguay, Bolivia, Uruguay, a lot of that increase over a year ago, of course, is coming in Argentina. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. That They didn't even have half a crop last year. Davis and and as a result now they're out of beans to crush and there isn't any soybean meal available from mm. Argentina and it's uh it is helping the US meal market out on most days on most mm -hmm. days. All right, we'll get to the rest of the markets here after we have a conversation mm -hmm. with Todd Horwitz, bubbatrading.com. How you doing Bubba? Happy Thanksgiving. Hey, happy Thanksgiving to all of you and the audience. I'm grateful for all of you. You're great guys, great people, and uh, and that handsome newsman, Davis Michelson, as well. <laughs> <laughs> A little jubilee there. I love it. Good stuff. Good stuff. What are you focused on the market now? Have you heard about the explosion up on the U.S.-Canadian border? I have not, no. Okay. I've been not too busy doing nothing. Okay. <laughs> uh, they're they're trying they're investigating whether or not it's it's got terror ties to terrorism um but you know that kind of news going into a big travel weekend it makes me a little nervous 
Yeah, well, you should be a little nervous with what's going on in the country. And you just see what happened to oil today. Obviously, that must have yeah. been related when oil was down almost $4. And it's come all the way back to only be down 86 cents. Yeah. And, of course, the ministers of OPEC decided, well, we're going to wait a little bit longer to, to cut supply once again so we can get these prices back up again. So it's, it's, a, it's an ugly picture. It's kind of an ugly day the day before Thanksgiving, which is unfortunate because we'd all like to go into the holiday with a big smile on our face. But uh, I still like them. I still think they're going higher. Uh, I think there's still a lot of issues out there. Obviously, the economy's in trouble. Uh, we've got a lot of bad leadership. And, of course, the entire world, I think, has lost our mind. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it, it is a strange, strange world that we're living in in many ways now, Bubba. Yeah, that uh, that explosion was at the the was at customs on the Rainbow Bridge at the U.S. Canadian border. Uh, that is what we use to cross over into Niagara Falls. So uh, uh, we're, it's we're not it's not good. It probably is some terrorism. My music is playing. Happy Thanksgiving. But let's remember, the country ran best when the farmers were in charge. Amen to that. Wow. Good one. Thanks, Bubba. We'll talk to you later. Thanks, guys. You bet. Todd Horwitz, BubbaTrading.com. Jim McCormick, AgMarket.net, is next here on AgriTalk. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. Our name says it all. Agritalk. What more do you need to know? And welcome back to Agritalk. Uh, hey, we've got to go ahead and wrap up our markets, Davis, before we yeah. get to the conversation with Jim. Can you do that? Sure. Okay. Uh, just real quick. December cotton, 224 points higher today, 79.58. Uh, the March and the May contracts were just slightly higher. Interesting, the yeah. Ds took off 224 higher. Uh, on the livestocks, uh, let me just hit this quick. Heavyweight choice graded box beef values were a buck seventeen higher this morning. Good movement. That followed yesterday's slightly higher market with good movement. Retailers seem to be ready to feature beef between the holidays. Unfortunately, yeah. that did little to support futures. Dece live cattle fifty two and a half lower, one seventy four forty seven and one half. January feeders were down a buck twenty to two twenty seven and one half. And on the snout side, December hogs. Hey, looky there, a dime higher. 68.27 and a half. The February contract, however, down 50 cents. 71.82 and a half, Chip. All right. Thank you very much, Davis. Jim McCormick with agmarket.net joins us right now. Jim, happy Thanksgiving, man. It's good to talk with you. Hey, happy Thanksgiving to you, Chip, and your listeners. Thanks for having me on. You bet. Glad that you're here. Glad you're here. Um, you know, let, let's, uh, 
let's start with what happened in the soy complex today because bean oil was looking over there at those sharp early losses in crude oil futures and we're following the crude oil to the downside and it just kind of slowly but surely pulled beans down didn't it it did i think also the midday models went a little bit wet chip i mean the models have been flipping back and forth that i've been watching and I think being the fact we're going to be closed tomorrow, a lot of people take Friday off. I think that also lent a little bit of profit taking. Some of these longer range models, I tell you what, they drive you nuts. One is saying we're going to trend warm and you know dry going into December. Another model is trying to argue, hey, you no, know, we're we're going to see a pattern change. And I, I think until we really get a set pattern in December, the volatility in these beans up and down from map to map, like we're used to trading in July in the United States, is happening right now. Yeah. Yeah, the volatility is definitely back. There, I don't think there's any question about that. Uh, talk to me about Friday's trade. It, you mentioned it. A lot of guys are stretching this into a four-day weekend. Uh, it, it, uh, it, it. We're not going to. I don't think we're going to see much volume in trade on, on in an abbreviated session on Friday. But it does leave it vulnerable to a move, doesn't it? Oh, it definitely does. I mean, it is a shortened trade. We have no trade Thursday night. We have the kind of the old school opening at 830, close at 1205. So the volume traditionally is very light, but it's one of those little quirks of the year. We have December option expirations all happen on Friday. So depending on what happens, if you would have a big movement, you could really get a squeeze where you might have some of these option sellers. Let's say you've got some, you know, big hedge funds that maybe have some 470 December calls or 480 calls shortened. This market would start to rally for some reason Friday, you could get a push higher than you expect as all of a sudden these traders who think their calls are going to expire going home today now got to scramble to cover them if you'd have a move up or vice versa. And you mentioned in that first segment, you actually had what looks like a terroristic bombing of a couple guys coming in from Canada across that bridge is what they're suggesting right now. It is interesting. The stock market hardly even flinched when that news came out. But if, you know, I don't want to be pessimistic. I don't want to be scared, but you know, what if there's a second attempt and something happens and this time it rattles the market while we are closed on Thanksgiving per se. So you could get a lot of volatility on Friday. So even though a lot of people are going to be enjoying their family, watching football, be very, you know, keep an eye on it because it could get a little bit interesting just with the world we're in right now. That's right. Yeah. The Dow is up about 180 points right now. S&P is still 18 points higher. Uh, as you said, Jim, the the equities trade barely flinched on the news. I didn't see, while well, I haven't run, run through all the markets that are still trading to try to find a reaction, but I haven't seen it. I, I just haven't seen much of a reaction to it at all. That's why I was kind of hesitant to even bring it up at the beginning, but, but I'm, I'm, glad that we did um okay jim option expiration on friday i'll admit that was off my radar uh, i wasn't thinking about it that does set the stage for some potential fireworks on friday there's no question about it, it do you see anything in the positioning in corn in wheat that would suggest there there could be some action? Well, I would argue, you know, 
if you look at like the December corn for the last couple of months, they could not get over 480. It's, you right. know, literally since mid-October. So if for some reason, if something really would happen that would generate this market and you would get over 480, I think you could call it a little bit of scrambling because I would guess there's a lot of people who have been selling against that 480 resistance, which is roughly the 50-day moving average. So if you would get some dynamic that would ex excite the market, that's where I think you could get a run back up. And if you got over 480, you might be able to make a move up to 490. Now, I think you hit 490, you'll run into a roadblock of a lot of cash grain that needs to be sold chip. Remember, there's a lot of farmers out there that have corn sitting against December contracts, basis contracts, all against this December month. They're gonna, some elevators are rolling them now, others are giving them to early part of next week before first notice day. So if the market would rally, I think you would run into some hedge pressures or producers would prefer to go ahead and sell that rally as opposed to pay the fees and roll it out to March. Gotcha. Okay. The charts that you sent me a little bit ago, Jim, the commercial net position in corn uh, for the second week in November. Holy smokes. Where's all the, where, where's all the hedging? Isn't that amazing? I mean, yes. and what he's talking about, folks, is if you look at the commercial short, it's only a little over 50,000 contracts of corn. Now, you know, the last couple of years, it was over five, 600,000. So what it's telling us, Chip, is the producer just did not sell this corn. Because yeah. if the producer's selling corn to the commercial, the commercial is going to be short uh, as they've got to hedge it. So it tells us there's some interesting opportunities at the moment. The... Um, if the commercial needs grain he's in the market doesn't move he's going to have to bid up a little bit because he just doesn't have his hands on a lot of this grain mm -hmm. and that's where the opportunity is there for the producer but on the other hand as the old line goes the markets tend don't tend not to rally till the grain is out of the weak hands traditionally the farmer is the weak hands he's got to move for money and the commercials have more staying power so that might be a little bit negative in the long run the producers may just be waiting that producer, excuse me, the end users are just going to wait that um, yeah. producer out to eventually give up and throw the grain onto the market as we move into 2024. Okay. The other thing that jumps off of that chart to me is the comparison. We've been running the comparison to the 2013 market all year long. And the last time that it was even close to this level of a lack of hedging was back in 2013. Are you there? Nope, I can hear you. Now I lost you there, Chip. I lost you. I heard, now I'm here. Can you hear me now? Okay. Yes. Yes, I got you. The other thing that jumps off the chart to me, Jim, is the comparison in the amount of hedging to 2013. We've been running that 2013 comparison all year long. Exactly. Isn't that amazing? The patterns yes. are the same. The hedge position is the same. And that's what I'm very nervous for the producers out there right now, because if you look what happened in 2013, this market just continued to grind lower into the summer of 2014. And the setup is very, very eerie. The charts look like it. The position of the commercial looks like it. The farmer having a lot of unpriced grain. There's a lot of downward risk is what we're saying at this point with the ag market team. And like I said, the commercial position, it is pretty amazing. When we saw that, I, that was the one thing that jumped out to me as well. Yeah. Yeah. Just amazing how the similarity is there. Uh, no question about it. So with, with all that in mind, Jim, 
what does it make you think about 20 well let's let's fast forward to 2024 crop or does it make you interested in getting some 24 crop sales on it definitely does i i yeah. think at a minimum if you've bought fertilizer you need to sell enough grain right here right now to lock in that fertilizer cost i mean the reality is you're looking at two 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 one carry out when i look at my clients in the east i think their crops have record crops there's a shot there's a good shot this crop gets even bigger in january yeah. you take that combined with just history as they say doesn't repeat but it does rhyme and we are rhyming pretty hard coming out of the drought year of 2012 the indications are this market is probably going to go lower into the summer without a drastic weather problem yeah yeah okay yeah it's it's absolutely amazing the similarities between uh the pattern in 13 and into 23 and the influence that it has on new crop marketing opportunities which really uh you know they're not terrible when you look at the corn market anything north of five bucks is should be catching your attention and we are certainly above five bucks in the december 24 uh corn contract okay jim when we come back Let's talk about demand. We had a nice corn sale again this uh, this morning. We had a wheat sale. Bean demand hasn't been that bad. We'll get Jim's take on what's going on on the demand side of the market next here on AgriTalk. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. Let's go to the markets page at profarmer.com and check today's closes, where December hard red winter wheat futures were a penny and a quarter lower at 614 and one half. December SRW wheat up three quarters of one cent to 555 and three quarters. December corn futures one and one quarter cents lower, 468 and three quarters. March corn down a penny and a quarter, 487 and three quarters. Uh, January beans, 20 and three quarter cents lower, 13.56 and a half. March beans down 18 and three quarter cents at 13.74 and one quarter. December cotton was 224 points higher, 79.58. On your livestock's December fat cattle, 52 and a half lower, 174.47 and one half. January feeders down a buck 20, 227.12 and a half. December lean hogs a full dime higher, 68, 27, and one half at the close. Get more market news, tryprofarmer.com. Opinions expressed on AgriTalk do not necessarily reflect the views of Farm Journal Broadcasting, affiliate stations, or sponsors. If the world is your oyster, we've got pearls of wisdom on AgriTalk. Welcome back to AgriTalk. I'm your host, Chip Flory. 
We are in the middle of a conversation with uh, Jim McCormick from agmarket.net. Davis, during that last mm-hmm. segment, did you find anything on the uh, on the bombing on the border? I absolutely did. Um, several sources have this. I just sort of chose one, cbsnews.com. Uh, has this. Sources say two people were killed in a vehicle explosion today at Rainbow Bridge, a U.S.-Canada border crossing near Niagara Falls. Four U.S.-Canada border crossings in the region have been closed as investigators respond to the situation. This according to CBS Buffalo affiliate WIVB. Chip, the city of Niagara Falls said the incident involved a vehicle attempting to enter the United States. Yeah. Multiple law enforcement sources confirmed to CBS News two people did die inside the vehicle. Sources said it appears at this point to have been a deliberate act. The FBI Buffalo field office posted a statement on social media saying the situation is very fluid and, quote, that is all we can say at this time, end quote. Still yeah. investigating, but they did use that word deliberate, Chip. Uh, okay, Chip. yeah, yeah. I just saw on the, on the news during the break as well that they have closed the airport in buffalo new york oh gosh so um yeah things are are, are rippling out from this mm-hmm. and hopefully the closing of the airport uh uh is is out of uh um you know just precautionary moves there to make sure that there is are, are no others in the area looking to do some damage mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so yeah yeah it's scary stuff it is. Stuff. It is. Just be aware of your surroundings, everyone. That's um, right. You know, let's That's start right. there. Just be aware. Pay attention. Yep. Pay attention. All right. Let's get back to the conversation with uh, Jim McCormick, agmarket.net. Uh, let's talk about that demand. We had a nice corn sale announced this morning, Jim. We had a soft red winter wheat sale. The third one to China, and we hadn't had one for like two years before th- this string of three sales. No bean or meal sales announced this morning, but still, we've been getting some bean sales announced to China. Bean demand really isn't all that bad, is it? All things considered, no. It is quite well. Like you said, it's nice to see the wheat wheat shift over here. I think the Chinese are trying to diversify the wheat purchases a little bit, Chip. Uh, you know, they are concerned about that Australian crop. They lean on the Australians the last couple of years to fulfill some of their wheat import needs. So uh, it's good to see. Corn is the one we really, I'm really excited to see. I'm hoping we can see more Chinese buy-in. If you look at the weekly corn export number, it looks fantastic. Corn sales are roughly 43% ahead of last year. The government's increase is projecting about a 25% increase. But we've got to be a little bit cautious, Chip. Uh, Mexico has massively been the big buyer. <laughs> They've bought almost 9 million metric tons, about half of the yearly needs. So they're definitely front-loading it. So if they would back off, we need somebody to pick up that baton. Yeah, and it's not going to be if they back off. It, it At the pace that they're buying right now, it's a question of when they will back off because, like you said, they're just front-loading so much of their buys. It's, it's going to have to slow down at some point, right? Exactly. I mean, a lot of people are asking, why are they doing it? Do they know something we don't know? And it is really what I think is going on is, it's just pure economics. If you look at the value of corn in Mexico, it's some of the cheapest it's been in three years. They are dealing with a little bit of drought, but the peso in general is relatively strong, which is helping encourage the purchases. And then lastly, it's kind of interesting. Their end users had a very, very good year last year. So it's a situation. Do they pay taxes or do they buy inventory or raw material? 
just like we tend to, you know, like our producers do when you have a good year, maybe they forward pick, um, you know, fertilizer, their end users are really front loading it as a way to kind of draw down their tax bill. So yeah, like I said, I think, you know, they're not going to buy more than we expect. They're just front running it, like I said. So we really do need yeah. somebody to step in. Japan, South Korea, preferably I'd like to see China come in. Yeah. Yeah. You got the, you got the same ones on the, you, you must be looking at the same list that I always look at, <laughs> Jim, because it it is, it's Japan, it's South Korea, it's Colombia. Um, I would love to see some of those traditional buyers come in. Now, Japan bought some corn here not that long ago, and I thought, boy, here we go. Eh, not so much on the here we go with those with those sales. What do you make of the overall corn market right now? Just what's your gut feeling about it, Jim? I think it's in a sideways market here. I think if you're a producer, you will see a basis appreciation potentially over the next couple of weeks, as we mentioned in the first, in the first segment. You know, the, the end user doesn't have a lot of needs covered. So he could get a little bit aggressive trying to encourage some of that grain coming, you know, to come to market here as we wrap up the year. But I think as we get into 2024, when producers start looking at the cost of money, re-upping these farm notes, which could be a lot more expensive this year than last year because of the interest rate increase, I think that could eventually force grain to market maybe quicker than the producer thinks. And that could unfortunately cause this market to grind lower. I in general, Chip, I, I hate to be it, but I am a little bit bearish on this corn market just because of this carryout. And what I like to look at in bear markets is you look at where the spot month went off. September corn had a low of 455 on the day of expiration, went off about 462. Deese corn is trading today at 468 and three quarters. It tested at 62 just a few days ago. What's going to happen, I fear, is if the producer hangs on to that grain into the springtime and nothing changes as in a dramatic shift in demand, or dramatic production problem in South America, eventually this carry market, the 487, 488 for March corn, the five dollars for May, they'll eventually be trading closer to that 450 as we get closer to their, closer to their delivery time frame. So unless something changes, I, you know, I've been fortunate in a bear dance on for this corn. Yep. yep. Yeah, the amount of corn that needs to move is is one thing that I think we've identified as a as something really important to the to this market's outlook. Uh, and talking about interest rates and how interest rates might influence some of those marketing decisions, there's something that will separate the 2023 market from that 2013 market, Jim. Uh, if we get a, a, a change up in when that grain flows to market, that could cause some divergence in the charts the the 23 charts from the 13 charts right it could like i said i lean to think if anything it's going to force the grain to market a little bit sooner yeah yeah per se simply because you know when you look at it three three and a half cents a month just in your interest charge to store it yep. i mean it's you know and if you get in a commercial storage it gets even more expensive is plain and simple and i just you know you've got it and like the one thing i like to tell my clients chip is right now their government's projecting 2.1 2.2 billion bushels of corn we do not need at the end of the summer that is a brutal reality there's two billion bushels we are not going to need you do not want to be the guy at the end of the year carrying corn that the market says mm. i don't need it i got this next crop on the way and we have no idea how the weather's going to play out but the early rhetoric is 90 91 92 million acres I tell you what, Chip, 
92 million acres. If we happen to pull a good trend line yield crop out, which oh. we haven't done for a while, so you could oh. argue we're due, it, it, it's unfortunately a very negative story. So you got to be, the good news is you still have a shot at selling corn over $5 yeah. if you take advantage yeah. of it now. But you've got to develop that plan now because six months from now, this dynamic could look a whole lot different. And like, like you mentioned earlier, look at 2013. That is where the history suggests we're going the same pattern. And like I said, it doesn't repeat, but it does rhyme. And yep. it's definitely not a bullish story if it continues to follow the 2013 pattern. Right, right. The thing that concerns me about getting a good start on 2024 crop sales, Jim, is that we're behind on 23 crop sales. And I don't know a lot of guys that are all that comfortable in the idea of of pushing next year's crop when you still got this year's crop to sell i i agree with you chip i think mentally that's a break but then maybe if you're a producer then say all right do you essentially you got most of this year's crop on price you got theoretically none of the 24 on price you've got a crop and a half crop and two-thirds unpriced mm-hmm. if you're nervous about doing something maybe say well you know what i'll sell the 24 crop the reality is if you hedge the 2024 crop right here around 515, if the market is in a bear market, you're going to make money. On the other hand, if it if we go into a bull market for some reason, I say China comes in and does start buying corn, what will happen, Chip? That March contract, which will be lead month here in a couple of weeks, that'll lead us up faster. Oh, yeah. So your hedge in the 24 might actually work as a bears, as a bull spread at buying the March yep. and selling the D's. But you won't feel the margin pressure because I think the big problem we see is producers, you know, they put hedges on, they get a weather story this year, it chases them out. But, you know, break it up into two years. But if you're if you're not going to sell the new crop, the 23 crop, you know, at least think about the 24, mitigate that risk. The unknowns are probably the highest I've seen in my career. And I've been doing this for almost 30 years now. Yeah. Yep. You watching the cattle trade? I am watching the cattle trade. You know, I think it's consolidating right here. I, I think you got a shot. This 175 zone is going to catch here. I know the placement numbers and all that have been a little bit negative, but the overall supply of the cattle is still very tight. Now we want to see how this economy plays out the next couple of weeks as we go into the shopping season. You know, when you look, Chip, at all the retail sales, they all said last quarter was very, very good. They all said, I'm a little bit worried about down the line, but they also said, you know, they didn't think last month quarter was going to be good. So we'll see how well the consumer provides it. If the consumer stays into the marketplace and continues to spend money, they're traveling at record amounts here this Thanksgiving weekend. That hopefully will be a little bit supportive to the cattle market. Yeah. Yeah. It, uh, it would help it out some there. I think that is exactly right. All right, Jim, again, happy Thanksgiving, brother, man. We, uh, we sure appreciate you and, and thank you for making time for us. Anytime. Thanks again for having me on, and happy Thanksgiving, everybody. All right. That's Jim McCormick, agmarket.net. Davis and I will be back to wrap up uh, this week's live AgriTalks here in just a moment. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. 
The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. We don't make the news, we render it. Agritalk. Welcome back to Agritalk, everybody. Your pal, Davis Michelson. Chip Flory along for the ride here. Chip, just a few more minutes left and we're off to Thanksgiving. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Hey, that bump music reminded me of something. Yeah. I I know I'm not going to be able to find the tweet that somebody tagged me in, Mm. uh, in in such short notice. Yeah, but you know how they do these country fest events okay, yeah. across the country. Sure. Um, somebody tagged me in an ad for. Oh, here it is, Country Thunder, Wisconsin. Ooh, hello, Wisconsin. Hello, Wisconsin. July eighteenth through the twenty-first. Buy your mm-hmm. tickets now. Mm-hmm. Um, Who we got? On the headliners. On the yep. headliners, you got Eric Church, Lainey okay. Wilson, mm-hmm. Cole Wetzel. Mm-hmm. And Bailey Zimmerman and Nickelback. And Nickelback? Yes. I mean, just Nickelback by itself would be enough. Well, you would think. But there's some big names there. That's that's for sure. And then when you look down at some of the supporting acts, mm-hmm. there's Phil Vassar. So here's uh-huh. what I'm thinking. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Here's what I'm thinking. We could go to Wisconsin, mm-hmm. get a Nickelback fix. Yep. And then stick around and have a conversation with Vassar and end this debate about the next 30 years. We can finally settle this. We can finally settle it. Boy, I would welcome the opportunity to be proven right by the songist himself, you know? (laughs) Not that I would gloat or anything, but... Right, right. Sorry about that. I just, uh, that reminded me. I think it's a terrific idea. Um, You know, speaking of music, um, we we can go to this. Um... Long-time listeners will know our next guest. Guest. It's Scout the Farm Dog. Okay? Right, As right. part of our cooperative agreement with Farm Dog Journal, Scout the Farm Dog contributes to our coverage from time to time. We'll catch him down at, you know, this or that, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you're newish to the show, Farm Dog Journal's Scout the Farm Dog. Uh, today, the AgriTalk Men of Song are super stoked to open the holiday music season with the following which features Scout the Farm Dog. I haven't heard this. They just emailed it to me. They're all, okay. I can see him over there. They're all like sort of elbowing each other right now. He's going to play it. He's going to play it. I don't know what this is, but uh, Scout the Farm Dog, it says singing his holiday classic as only Scout can. Let's listen. The tablecloth is hanging low. And my best friend is gravity, simply having a wonderful dead bird day, simply having... 
having a wonderful dead bird day. <laughs> the children spill the whole day long. They don't use napkins. Do 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 do. <laughs> Simply having a wonderful dead bird day. Simply having a wonderful dead bird day. This is Scott the Farm Dog. Happy dead birthday, everybody! <laughs> well, there you have it. Well, wow. done. you know, I heard well the guys done, talking. Scout. A few months ago, they're like, "Why aren't there any Thanksgiving holiday songs?" Right. And I think maybe that's where this came from. Because <laughs> as far as as far as Scout the Farm Dog knows, and he's a big fan of dead birds. That's like the <laughs> yeah. prize of his right. life. I right. Mean, to, to just put one right in the middle of the dinner table and and everyone gather around, you know, for for Scout the Farm Dog, that's that's what it's all about. That's a good day. That's it makes something sense, to be say. thankful for. Absolutely, I know he's very thankful. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Oh, oh wait, wait, wait. Oh. Yeah, Brian Winnikins just uh, sounded off up there at WRDN. WRDN. DN in Durand, Wisconsin. He says, how about you just go to the Wisconsin Dairyland Supernatural Truck and Tractor Pull in June in Toma? Better than Nickelback? Mm. He's saying better than Nickel. Brian, I thought we were friends. Yeah, I don't know. It, it's I'm going to be. I don't think Brian knows us at all. <laughs> I don't think he does either. I'm going to be with Brian next week out at Milk Business Conference in Las Vegas. Well, I hope you'll mention it. And yes, that does sound as dangerous as it might be to have us both in Vegas at the same time. That could one be of you is coming home dead broke. <laughs> <laughs> Just not sure which one yet. <laughs> oh shoot! Oh man, I'm telling you, it uh, it it is going to be an interesting week next week out in Las Vegas. It's one of my favorite meetings, mm -hmm. uh, just simply because. The attendees are so willing to share, and and uh, the conversations that are had mm -hmm. during the networking are just fantastic, Davis. They they are really really good. Yeah. So good. I'm looking good. forward to it. Well, uh, and uh, gonna... Farm Journal's own Karen Bonert will be yeah. on hand, I assume. Oh yes, absolutely, mm -hmm. absolutely. She Very will good. be directing traffic out there and. I'm going to moderate a panel that will be talking about the market outlook for dairy and policy outlook for dairy. So uh, got a great uh, panel set up there. And then at the end of the event, this mm -hmm. is something that I, I mention quite often on the show, and I'm still trying to figure out exactly what the impact of it is going to be going forward. But Beef on dairy genetics, you know, the, the crossbred mm -hmm. beef calves coming off the dairy and what it means to our total beef supply and and the the mark the outlook for that market there. So yeah. looking forward Excellent. to that conversation. Well, um, it's going to be a fun week. It sure should be. You bet. November 28th through the December 2nd uh, for the 6 to 10 day outlook below normal temperatures in the middle of the country. And to the east, we've got above normal temperatures expected in North Dakota, northern South Dakota, and near normal temperatures expected through most of Minnesota, western Iowa, northern Nebraska. Below normal precipitation expected over the entire Corn Belt in the 6 to 10 day, 
And in the 8 to 14 day, we got the above normal temperatures pushing back in to the Midwest. Below normal precip moves to the north, near normal in the center of the country, and above normal precipitation expected in the south. Davis, my friend, my brother. Amigo. Uh, yeah. Yes. Happy Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Big Apple Joe Stackler, we appreciate mm-hmm. you. We're thankful for all that you do for the show. Uh, and we are very, very thankful to all of you, our listeners. And without you, we don't get to do this every day. And we sure love doing it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Have a great Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving.